I'm thinking this is going to be your just run of the mill Christmas movie like they have before with like actors that are, you know, good, but you don't maybe know. Maybe all them. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, Lindsay can Lohan. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I instantly got super nervous because I was like, oh, man, people are going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> back everybody to another one of our convos today joining us is a very special guest uh jeff bonnet filmmaker uh screenwriter out of la um gonna talk to him about kind of the film industry screenwriting process kind of you know how he got into that the film industry screenwriting and everything and then obviously um the release of i guess one of your last projects um falling for christmas so um, you know welcome yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, where do you want me to get, where do you want me to begin? How I got yeah. started or so, just with the project? Yeah, well, I guess we'll start kind of at the very beginning, kind of like your background. Um, how did you first get into film? Get into film? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you kind of uh, stumbled at the beginning there where you said filmmaking, but I am yeah. into filmmaking. I've always viewed screenwriting as kind of like a means to an end or a, a gateway into filmmaking. Um, I first became interested like way back in high school. I had a fine arts background and I was on track to go to an art school. And then at the 11th hour, kind of like senior year, I think, or maybe at the end of like junior year or something, uh, took a left turn because I was like at that time in the very early like budding stages of like finding an interest and a passion in creative writing. And I've always loved arts and then photography and composition and everything. And then I always loved movies. <laughs> and um, I also met a friend at the time who had similar interests as well. And things just started uh, clicking. Uh, you know, it was one of those weird things where uh, that that friend who I'm still friends with to this day, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but uh, uh, we went to the same high school and we're always in the same school district. Never quite friends until we linked up and found that we had the same passions but our backstory is uh <laughs> we were born on the same day in the same hospital oh, our, really? <laughs> were, our, our our mothers were bunkmates in the maternity ward or not bunkmates but like roommates in the maternity ward and we grew up different paths and then winded up together at high school and then you know found that we had the same passions and then that was really just like rocket fuel for me i was like okay this is it man like let's do this and then uh we were just off from there and went to the same state school, did a little bit of filmmaking and, and college film projects there, and then moved out to Los Angeles as well. And then um, uh, that was that was where it all began for me, just like doing little goofy video projects in high school, film projects in college, and wanting to make it a profession, uh, as most people do, you know, you, yeah. you get to the point where it's like, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is it. Uh, you got you got to make that transition, move across the country, uh, or at least back then at that time. Maybe now you can do it on Zoom or wherever because of technology. But uh, yeah, the the kind of zeitgeist thing to do back then was like move to LA, start interning, which is what I did. Hmm. So so that was really like my foot in the door was uh, interning and going from there. I mean, so you guys meeting was basically like meant to be. Like you guys should have been. Yeah, like it was it's just one of those things, man. Yeah. It's kind so, of um, kind of, where did you grow up um, before you moved to LA? 
Yeah, a suburb outside of Philadelphia. Okay, okay. I mean, this has got kind of a film, like small film industry and community out there, like for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, we were, uh, in fact, me and my friend, uh, we were just like, <laughs> um, uh, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, he's from Philadelphia, right? Yep. So yep. his his like big second movie was Unbreakable. And, and we were just like, teenagers trying to get on that set in any way possible so we signed up to be like background extras and we showed up to like the cattle calls right and we're, we're in like the football stadium there at uh, university of pennsylvania while they're filming that scene with bruce willis in the raincoat inside the football stadium and like <laughs> he literally came out right behind us and we were just freaking out <laughs> Uh, but that was like the uh, first experience being on like a real movie set. And like, you know, I met M night Shyamalan. It was, it was a, it was a trip. Um, but yeah, Philly does have a really good scene, even better now, I would say, because it, here's the, one of the biggest uh, ironic things uh, was that years after I moved out here, um, quite literally a five minute shot down the road from where I grew up, a huge soundstage got built. Oh yeah, which is not even in Philadelphia. It's outside of Philadelphia, but tons of projects shoot there. Not only M Night Shyamalan movies, obviously, but like we're talking about probably Mayor of Easttown, uh, that was set in a similar mm -hmm. nearby community area out there. Uh, but they have all these little sound stages and, and professional facilities that have cropped up since then because the Philly film industry is like booming, uh, yeah. and, and rightly so. And it's just kind of crazy to think that there's a sound stage. Like, <laughs> yeah, like right down the street from like, me where you, yeah, the, the size of the small ones that you would see in the Hollywood area here, uh, down the street in Aston, Pennsylvania. It's, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> I've definitely been seeing like a lot more like TV shows and, um, you know, films being that and shot in Philadelphia, especially, especially nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and also Pittsburgh too. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, I see in the background there, you have like, Huge collection of movies, and I, I think that's um, <laughs> now, you know, Back to the Future right there. Little, little statue. It, it yeah. ends. It ends at that line right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Marty McFly, Doc Brown, uh, Funkos. <laughs> so you know, I was gonna ask, like, um, so what was like your favorite movie? Like the movie that speaks to you the most? Uh, well, of all time, I think it has to be Terminator Two. But Back to okay. the Future is definitely uh, second place. You know, Goonies. You know, I grew up in the eighties, so yeah. um, definitely that, and um, uh, Dead Poet Society for okay. sure. That was that was like a more uh, teenage influence, uh, but those are like the big pushes, and Titanic, obviously too, because that was big at the time. But those are like the big and Braveheart. Those are like the big inspirational pushes where I was like, God, oh, I want to make movies. I want to make yeah. things like these. So, okay, okay, that's cool. I mean, the eighties. I mean, it was a weird time for movies, but also like a great time for movies, you know, especially yeah. you get like all these weird little projects that, that you've never seen since, you know? Yeah. Yes. I know. Like, uh, uh, I mean, some of them are showing up on HBO max right now, like vice versa, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like in terms of like movies and stuff, I was like, um, there's always movies I think of it's, um, short circuit, like that was such an odd kind of movie that always stuck with me from that time period. And I literally don't know why, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's sequels too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's, I want to say there's like maybe three of them or something like that, if I, yeah. if I remember correctly. 
Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any like specific um, kind of screenplays that you know that speak to you the most that like kind of like inspired your writing style? Uh, in terms of reading screenplays, yeah, or just movies in general, like maybe, maybe yeah. not, maybe you're like your favorite movie, but maybe there's like a movie that you thought was just so well written that was like, oh, I really want to like kind of write. I, yeah, I think I think one of the best. Not that I am trying to emulate the style, um, but I think one of the best in recent history is The Social Network. Um, okay, you know, I, I, when I watch movies now, I one of my little writer tricks is I play them with subtitles. I might not seek out the screenplay, but I will, uh, you know, I have subtitles on all the streaming platforms. Mm. When I, when I have friends over, they're like, can you turn those off? And I'm like, I sometimes forget that they're even on because for me, I like seeing the words yeah. uh, because sometimes you miss things. I don't know. I just feel like I'm also reading the script at the same time that I'm watching the movie. And, um, uh, you know, it, it definitely helps in terms of, you know, writing as well, but just from a writer's standpoint, the social network, it's basically just people talking, but it's yeah. so such like a pressure cooker and it has so many like awesome moments. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies as well. Um, but yeah, writing wise that, that that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, is there like any directors that like, maybe directors and screenwriters that you like, when they put out something you have to see like right away. Like for me, it's um, always Quentin Tarantino. I think his writing, his dialogue and everything obviously is, is some of the best in, in film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I, I, obviously, yeah. Uh, Quentin, uh, James Cameron for sure. Mm. Um, you know, Edgar Wright, I'm a big fan of Shaun of the Dead and, and a lot of his other stuff. Um, hot fuzz. You know, Love hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that like, uh, I do, I can't think of too many off the top of my head. Cause mm. that has be that has become like less and less important to me, uh, uh, over time. Like when I was younger, I used to like kind of subscribe to all that, but now I'm just like seeking anything that's just good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like word of mouth got me to go see Megan recently. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I've been, I've been contemplating seeing that one to myself. Like. Yeah. All right. No spoilers. <laughs> it's worth it. I, yeah. At just, first, you know, trailer, I was like, mm, I don't know. But then everybody's like, no, you, you should go see this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good popcorn fun. Don't go in. It's like, don't go in with too many expectations. Yeah, keep no, just, expectations. Uh, fun level, popcorn you know? thriller. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But like, I'm a, I'm a, I love the, I'm more of a fan of like the idea and the execution of something uh these days like uh i saw a barbarian recently as well oh, yeah. speaking of things, funny, like, like, i'm not like a, yeah i'm not like a huge thriller person but i just referenced two of them um but that was like a super clever movie and also uh on that same token nope like some of these big movies that are up this year like that was one of my favorite everything everywhere all at once that's one of, that was like my favorite of the year I thought I was alone because I'm watching that in the summer. I, I was like late to the party in the summer. I'm watching it with my uh, with my brother, and I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm glad everybody else is recognizing it. Yeah. Um, so speaking about that, um, you know, the Oscars always like a big conversation around the industry, and obviously it's like award season right now. They just released 
their list of um, nominee, nominees and everything. Is there anything that was like a surprise to you? Are there like any snubs that you think they didn't get the recognition that uh, they deserve? I have not seen enough yet to to think or comment on what is or is not snubbed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I I'm far behind on the movies that I need to see. Okay, but you, you like when it comes around, do you try to like catch up on? Anyone was like, yeah, it was nominated. Oh, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go check this out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right. Although I'm not in any unions yet, so I don't get the screeners coming to me. I have to go find them still. <laughs> I, it'd be nice if they came in the mail, right? <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah, so I'm not not in WGA yet. Okay, okay. So have you have you seen the list of um, the best screenplays not made for the year? Oh man, uh, I did, but they're not coming to mind right now. I just kind of glanced at them. I plan on diving into all that like later. So I work at the UCLA extension writers program and that's how I also uh, met your colleague, um, Francesca. And um, my, my job there, uh, you know, (laughs) the first few weeks of winter is a very, very busy time of year. So I'm kind of like, I put all the uh, Academy award stuff off till uh, uh, this month here when I have a little bit more, you know, free time and I'm more relaxed and less, less stressed. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I have the list. If you want to, if you want to hear kind of what what they've uh, what they've nominated. Oh sure. All right. So for adaptive screenplay, we have um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, which I'm not familiar with that movie. Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. That's for adaptive screenplays. And then for original screenplays, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fableman's Tar and um, Triangle Sadness. Gotcha. Uh, Triangle Sadness was was a trip. Uh, Banshees is also like my number two so far of the ones I've seen this year. Um, that's I think not only a good script, but it's just like super well acted and yeah, I, I don't know. know. It's, it's so sublimely funny in moments that you don't think it's going to be funny. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want to get into anything and spoil anything, but yeah, I'm definitely, I was a fan of that for sure. I saw that and obviously glass, uh, knives out, uh, uh, it was a pleaser for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen a good amount of trials that this was an interesting movie. There's a lot of craziness going on, you know, not entirely positive about the way it ended. I won't spoil it, but you know, it is definitely, I think worth the watch at least, um, everything everywhere. I loved it just like you did. Banshees yeah. I did watch like I want to say like a week ago and um again like it's like straight black comedy super dry humor but it works and it's like it's almost like a play like on screen if anything mm-hmm. and then um I think the one yeah. I'm probably most surprised by is Top Gun Maverick I, screenplay wasn't a nomination I think that I didn't necessarily expect it to kind of get that's weird yeah yeah you don't really think Top Gun that's right you know <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a good movie. I love the movie. It was honestly like, I really enjoyed the, it. The, the strength of that movie is maybe not in the words on the page. I no. think it's more in the, the, the incredible, uh, uh, jet stunts that they do and everything. Oh yeah. It was the yeah. Capturing just the feeling of flying and the intensity of everything. Like that was definitely the, the star of the show. Yeah. So to see it get kind of nominated for a screenplay, I think a lot of people were like kind of scratching their head, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for it. You know, more power to them. 
Um, speaking about you know screenwriting in general, we gotta like what is like your creative process when it comes to uh, writing you know screenplay? Yeah, well, uh, I'm a like I said earlier when we were talking about the latest uh, uh, Academy nominations uh, or movies in general. Like I am like drawn to more so than anything a a, a concept or an idea first. And then I follow that. So some writers and uh, again, working at the UCLA Extension Writers Program, I've been there a long time and I've through that job encountered, if not at this point, thousands of writers. And I've had a lot of classes and training through that as well. It's been great. And I've come to learn that there's kind of like two kinds of writers. Some are like the type that write from a character first uh perspective and mm. sometimes they might just like start writing or they just have that habit they want to write every day or you know they just start writing and then find a story later uh, or they start with character and just kind of go from there uh i i'm kind of the other camp where it's like i'm a, i'm a big like slave to the idea it's like the idea first and everything kind of folds into that so in the case of the christmas movie obviously i had that concept and then it, the characters were built around that to kind of okay. uh you know uh round out the story and serve the idea and and it goes from there so that's the start of it and then process wise um i mean just to kind of give you the 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 brief rundown i would say you know once you start having the idea then you start taking notes whether it's on your phone or paper word documents whatever you compile a lot of random stuff then you start putting on note cards and figuring out where everything goes and trying to figure out a structure yeah. for me personally then i go from note cards to kind of like taking it to like taking a stack of note cards and then trying to write out an actual synopsis and it's kind of clunky at first and you keep smoothing it over and smoothing it over and then Basically, at that point, you get to a stage where you're like, all right, I think I got enough material here. Now I got to write it for real as if somebody else is reading it because yeah. this is just for me. Like if I showed this to somebody else, <laughs> it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but then you start writing it like a uh, what they call a treatment or a detailed synopsis in prose. For me, anyway, this is how I work. And then it's like scene for scene. So, you know, like the essentials of what's happening in every scene. Sometimes you include bits of dialogue. And so, you know, what ends up happening after that for me is I'll have a very detailed roadmap for the draft. And that, that's how I work. Not everybody does that. Um, but I, I'm definitely like an outline first type of person. And then after that, I'll have enough material to go to uh the draft stage but even before then like i'll i'll spend a lot of time with the synopsis one of my other uh go-to tricks just as uh writing goes is if you have any kind of you know computer or phone or whatever you can just pdf something and then have the whole thing dictated back to you yeah. so like by the by That's the time nice. the whole thing's done you know i'll just kick back with like a glass of wine or something and just like close my eyes listen to the whole thing top to bottom and it's as if you can see like the movie playing out yeah. uh, in your head on a make-believe TV. And then uh, you, you kind of get a sense of like where the holes are, you got to go back and fix. But like at, at some point you kind of know when you're ready to get to that draft stage. Uh, and then, then comes the, the rough draft, which by the way, if anybody's listening, first draft ain't nothing magic. Right? <laughs> 
It is, as everybody says, no matter how fast or slow you do it, the vomit draft. I don't know a single person that just cranks out this magical draft overnight or over a weekend. And it's great. If anybody tells you that it's bullshit, it's like, (laughs) it's like meant to put out this industry lore to sell a writer or some kind of like, you know, magic that doesn't exist. Okay. It's, it's smoke and mirrors, just like everything in Hollywood telling you this right now. I haven't met, I, I I can't wait to meet a person that actually does this because I haven't yet. You mean there's not guys out there that just, you know, land a triple backflip on the first, you know, first <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I wish I was one of them. Um, truly, truly do. I mean, you might get close. I think the older and more experienced you get, because I do know like a lot of instructors I've worked with and professionals, I'm sure you can get closer to it. You know, the, the, yeah. the more you do it, but, uh, still never perfect. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it's like, uh, like anything else. And then after that vomit draft, first draft, whatever you want to call it, then you kind of smooth it over again, work out a lot of the kinks. And then that usually ends up becoming like the first draft that you would deliver to a company or an executive or somebody like that. That's like readable yeah. <laughs> or actually bef- before that you would probably want to show it to a few people. Uh, but then, yeah, then you hand it over and that's like the quote unquote, you know, uh, contractual first draft. Yeah. Okay. So what would you kind of, for you, like, what do you find is the hardest part of like kind of the whole, um, writing process? You know, a lot of writers talk about maybe like the ending is hard for them or the dialogue, like for you, like what would you kind of think is the hardest part, part of the whole process? Oh, that hardest part is that first, first vomit draft, like where, where the words on the page as a screenplay don't exist. This is just for me, by the way. Um, because the story for me is already there with the synopsis and the treatment. Yeah. So like, you, you know, what's happening. And like I said, if you read it back or play it back, you know, if an ending works or doesn't, and then you fix it at that stage. So it doesn't become a problem later. Um, and so I, you know, the hard part for me is like when you're into that, uh, first draft and actually putting those words in screenplay format in final draft day in, day out, just like inch by inch by inch, you know, it's like laying brick. Um, that is really hard because the, the mental work involved in that is like, you figure out the minutia details, like the, like the, who's in this scene, uh, what are they doing? What do they want? Where do they come from? Where are they going? Even if it's a side character in the background, you're thinking about like, oh yeah, this thing took place at a ski lodge, but what's the layout of this ski lodge? Like, yeah. how many how many floors is it? Like, where yeah. do people gather? You know, and uh, where do like certain things take place versus others? And it's it's such like, uh, you know, even though everything that comes before that is like, you know, you, you research some things and then you write the synopsis and the story. It's like for some reason when you get to that state, for me that's like the real heavy lifting. And then after that. For me personally, because I have a background as a, as a script reader as well, like doing script coverage for a long time, then I'll just read it like somebody else wrote it, and I'll take I'll take it apart, and yeah. and then I'll be able to rewrite it, and it's all it's it goes more smoothly after that. But that that first draft, man, it, it's a chore. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you know a long process. I mean, on average, like how would you say like that whole kind of from start to first draft ready to hand in like how long do you think that takes uh for falling for christmas i 
started really, really going at it. Uh, and I, I set the whole, like, I set my mind to actually writing and selling a Christmas movie in Christmas, 2017. Cool. And that particular Christmas, I was just nonstop watching anything that was going on Hallmark, uh, because, uh, obviously Hallmark makes a ton of Christmas yeah, movies. Of Christmas movie, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I had, I had been working up to writing this because I had the idea a few years back, but, uh, or at least like the concept, but, um, uh, my first movie came out on Hallmark in 2015. So I knew I at least could, that was like a leg to stand on if I wanted to make and sell something else. And, um, and, and, and try to make progress in the writing career like that. And so, uh, I was looking to obviously do a Christmas movie because there's like, you know, tons of people that make them. If it's not yep. Hallmark, it's somebody else. And then at that time, Netflix got into the game. That was the first year they got into the game with two original Christmas movies. One was the one that went like viral with Christmas Prince. The other one was Christmas Inheritance. And, um, I was just, you know, watching those, studying those, uh, breaking down some of the ones on Hallmark, finding ones that were like similar to the plot that I had in mind and kind of like writing the uh, brief, like watching them and like kind of outlining them. They tell mm -hmm. you to do this in class. I never did this. This was the first time that I actually watched movies and kind of outlined them to kind of find the structure that was there. And now I'll never not do it. <laughs> like it was such an influential uh, part of the process early on. Uh, watching those. And then from there, uh, that was just like the research period, did a little research on the ski industry as well. And, and writing wise, I would say once the new year rolled around, I got back here and I, I work my day job again at UCLA uh, Extension Writers Program. Yep. So I'm working basically nine to five, uh, more or less, and I'm writing nights and weekends. And I want to say I had the whole treatment, you know, doing the note cards to the synopsis within the span of January to the start of February. And um, I had known this from a, a podcast that I found out there about the uh, development cycles. And I knew that the pitch process started in February. So I had like a fire under my ass and I was like, guy, uh, I got to get this ready to pitch or yeah. treat treatment uh ready in uh february so i did that and then i emailed a couple of contacts uh, i actually through my past experience as a script reader happened to coincidentally know the one of the people producing the netflix christmas movies back then okay and that was like my first contact i emailed them with the pitch they happened to be out of the country on location filming somewhere and so my number two was an exec at a Hallmark that was pretty high up that was referred to me. And, uh, uh, and I, you know, it was just like, like they tell you in the, in writing classes, query emails and the stuff that you read in the books. That's what I was doing. Uh, because I, I you know, even then, and, and also now I don't have an agent or manager. It's just me mm -hmm. using my own connections. And so I, uh, emailed her, but then instantly, you know, she said, uh, tell me more. And like, she wrote back in seconds. I wasn't ready for that. And she said, tell me more. I sent her more. They turned it down. Cause they were like, it's too similar to what we just made last year, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, fine. So now I'm looking into other stuff. Netflix person, uh, contacted me back. They said they were interested. So I was like, okay, great. So, uh, that, uh, from that stage sent in the treatment, 
and I want to say got notes back around March. So it picked up again around March. And then from basically March, April, May was drafting. So it was a very quick process. Okay. <laughs> and and the only reason I was able to, I think, pull that off with a full-time job is because I had a lot of experience in training before that. That wasn't just like my first rodeo. So, um, you know, classes or writing the other movie that I did in the past. So I was ready at that time to handle that and execute what they needed. And I turned in my, uh, uh, my, my first draft for that movie on my birthday, which was June 1st. And then there was a minor rewrite that summer, but the bulk of that uh, work happened basically in five months. Okay. All right. So, and I, I guess, so after you, you know, hand it in and then they accept it kind of, then what is like the role in it after that? Or is it kind of hands off? After? Well, it's like, you know, it's, as they say in film a lot, it's a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, they, yeah. they always want, uh, you know, if you're on a film set, that means something different. But if you're on, if you're just writing, it's kind of like that. It's like they want it, they want you to deliver, deliver, deliver. And then you can go like weeks or months not hearing anything. Yeah. And you're like, did I have more time? Because <laughs> I could <laughs> fix things. I caught a typo. Uh, you know, I, I just read this. I'd like to fix this. So you just got to like keep these mental notes until they come around for the next one, because you never really want to do any heavy rewrites without hearing back because you could just be spinning your wheels or wasting your time mm -hmm. because they could want something completely different in like the middle of the movie than you just uh, fiddled with. So um, you, you always want to just keep a tally of your ideas. And then when you hear back, then you know what they want and then go from there. So for example, that particular first summer, we had to beef up the romance aspect and I added a, a sequence in the middle of the film to kind of do that. And that was all essentially just, they were ramping up to, to basically submit that with several other projects. You know, they probably put in budget proposals and things like that, put a nice little bow on it and then send it off to Netflix and say, pick one, which, which they did. And that particular summer as again, you like, you, you do something, you hurry up and then it's like, you wait to hear for a while. I'm just kind of like on pins and needles knowing that it's going to go to Netflix in like August. And I'm just like waiting to hear back and it's yeah. nothing. And then all of a sudden you get an email and you're like, Oh my God, this is it. Right. It's just almost like a college acceptance letter. It's like, has that level of yeah. like weight to it uh, because you put all that time and energy uh, so far there. And um and I got the email back and the first time it was uh, Netflix really loved it. They thought it was a lot of fun, but they went with something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, thanks for the compliments, I guess, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So the next part of the process was when the next year rolled around, still knowing the calendar and the development cycles and, you know, it gets submitted in the summer, at least back then. Now it could be all over the place. Uh, but back then it was the summer. And when the next year rolled around, I just did the, uh, I, I, I didn't give up. I, I picked it up again. I looked at it and I saw a lot of things that could be condensed, little trim, trimming, fixing things, uh, switching some things up. And I emailed them. I was like, Hey, you know what? I, I think this still has a shot. Let's, let's put this in, uh, let's put this in, uh, in the mix. Resubmit it again. Yeah. And so we did that. And, uh, that is when, I, I got the notice that Netflix picked it up. It was like August, 2019, but that was only like a little bit of touching up. So it wasn't like d deep diving into any yeah. kind of major, major writing.
Yeah, you already did like the bulk of the heavy lifting before and you kind of yeah. had it in your back pocket. What was that feeling yeah. like when you, you know, you got that, that email saying, hey, we're going to do this? Oh, I was uh, <laughs> beside myself, literally. I, uh, I, and I mentioned this in another podcast that I did too, but I had this very surreal moment where I was uh, in Westwood Village, uh, you know, which is everybody I think knows if they're in LA, that's near UCLA where I was working. And, you know, the, the Starbucks there is uh, the, the one that's on uh, Broxton near all those movie theaters where the premieres are. Spent a lot of nights there doing writing this project after work. And I was in line there in the afternoon when I got the email back that said Netflix picked it up and I started hearing my ears ringing. I started feeling like feeling my own pulse and my, my, like that, just like jolt of almost like adrenaline for no reason. Like, I mean, just nerves. And, um, and I, I, and I started, uh, you know, hearing the words green light, green light, green light over and over again. And, and, uh, uh, I pulled out my phone. I had my phone out and I hit the Shazam app because I'm like, am I hearing this right? These words on the radio? Like green light? Really? <laughs> and then I uh, hit the Shazam and the song that was playing on the radio was Green Light by the Jonas Brothers, which <laughs> has, no- has nothing to do with filmmaking, but it does say the word green light a lot in the chorus. And I'm like, oh man, that's trippy. And kind of wrote it by yourself, you know? No, I-, I had a lot of moments like that actually along the way that were kind of, you know, uh, these little like, uh, guideposts, like signs, you know, whatever you want to call them. Like it definitely felt like a, uh, uh, faded project, even though there was, there was a lot of, uh, hard times during the time I was writing it because the whole, I I think it's just to rewind a little bit, the whole other side of not only just to get a leg up in screenwriting, but the other motivating factor for me at the time was that, you know, back in the fall of, uh, 2017 and winter 2018, um, over at UCLA extension, we had a a Dean running the show at the time that was just batshit crazy. And he was running the place into the ground financially. And at the same time wanting to, uh, lay off almost half of everybody. So I was under the threat of being laid off and there was a lot of drama happening. And my whole thing was like, you know what, while everybody's scrambling and, writing a resume, I'm like, I had to focus back and think like, I came to this job knowing it was going to be a, a the film school that I never had, which it was. Uh, that was one of the benefits of getting to take these writing classes and glean knowledge from all these professional screenwriting instructors and network. And I knew that it was going to be a platform and I never wanted to come out of it just looking for another job. Like I imagined myself always never touching my resume again. I wanted as, as, as like crazy and as audacious as this sounds, I just like, I'd rather have IMDB be my resume for the rest of my life (laughs) than than having to, you know, polish up my resume all the time. And like, you know, I I've worked in entertainment for a long time. I've had a lot of different jobs. Like I prefer it if this was the end of the line, maybe not, you know, in reality, maybe not, but in my head at the time, I'm like, you know what? You know, you at that time, it's like it's such a, a struggle because it, like if anybody's ever been through something like that, you know, you're calculating your severance pay and how much time you can live in Los in Los Angeles yeah. and 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 survive and pay your bills and, and and eat and everything. And and if you got a dream, you're just like, all right, well, you know what? I got to I it's now or never. I got to give it a shot. Like I, I could I could be OK if I. If I did lose my job at any point now, um, 
and and try to like you know write this movie instead of writing a resume, then I'll at least have some gas left in the tank here to survive when I'm done this, and then I can find a job. I don't care what kind of job it is; I'll be all right. Um, so I I took the risk to at least at that time say you know what I'm not going to write a resume I'm going to write a screenplay and I put all my energy there never looked at that damn resume still haven't touched it <laughs> so so um, that's what got me going too it was kind of like sometimes you need like your back pushed into a corner to focus a little more I think at least me anyway as or you know if if it's that or if it's just the general deadline that's how I I tend to operate I guess. Uh, or never hurts to have an enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh I uh, uh you know that that dean uh, I'm okay saying this now because it's public knowledge it was in the school newspaper. He's been disgraced. He was forced to resign. He's out of there. Uh and thankfully we didn't go like bankrupt. Okay. And you're <laughs> still here and you have a movie on Netflix. Almost. Exactly. It's a win-win. Yeah. So I guess um is that kind of a process like do you always have do you have like multiple scripts that you kind of keep around, tweak constantly and kind of resubmit to different places? No, um, uh, I, I honestly, I have ideas that I kind of like always collect notes for and collect ideas for, and I, I track all of those. Um, but for me, it's always like, what can I, what can I do next that builds off of what I already did? Mm-hmm. So obviously like right now, I do have another concept for a Christmas movie that I, I'm getting ready to pitch. I have uh, a romantic comedy that I'm working on with a friend and collaborating with because it's a really good idea. Like probably a, a step up from what I would consider the uh, caliber that that Nef- well, I mean, let me rewind that. Netflix does a lot of romantic comedies. They yeah. do like some super like Hallmark level type mm-hmm. ones, like Hallmark adjacent in terms of like budget and style and tone and everything. And then they have like their better ones, like set it up to all the boys I loved before kissing booth. Like they, they have some hit romantic comedies on, on their level. And I kind of picture this movie somewhat around that, that like level. Yeah. A little higher tier. It's not like maybe theatrical, maybe it could be theatrical. I don't know, but uh, I do have that happening as well. And then I have more of a, a dramedy, uh, which is the the one thing that I I managed to to write during COVID and quarantine. Yeah, well, um, I was going to ask. You know, COVID had a huge, obviously, impact on the industry, the film industry as a whole. Kind of how did I was like, how did you you spend that? Just writing? Um, oh, I no, I was out not scripts, that, or you know, like <laughs> I was. I mean, I I still worked, and, and it was a very tough time working actually because business was booming. Ironically, in an education program where other people out there, I think were just like, well, I'm home and I'm, you know, either working or working from home or not working. I don't know. And they just decided to pursue their ambitions and dreams and figure out how to write scripts. And so they come to the program. So, so we kind of grew grew past our, yeah, we, we definitely grew past uh, what we were, uh, we were all just kind of working at full tilt over time. So I was pretty like overworked for a period of time. But I, I did manage to do a little bit of writing. But I'm so jealous of the people who are just like, "This is great! I don't have to go to work. I get to write all day." It's like you know, especially the people that are well off enough to do that and not freak out to find out when they're going to go get their next paycheck or stuff like that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so jealous of those uh, people, man. I, I wish I wish I could have done that. 
Yeah. So um, I guess what is comedy, rom-com, is that kind of like your favorite type of genre to write or do you kind of like dabble in everything? Uh, I, I mean, I, I do like it uh, because not only the one that I'm uh, collaborating with on with a friend, I have another really big idea on deck that I think is going to be good. So I am kind of following that. If anything, just uh, I mean, out of one enjoyment uh, and number two, it does kind of follow in like the like uh, what I've done so far. So it, they can build off of my my, my credits. So it makes more sense. Uh, I don't like the word branding because I don't think artists should be branded i mean you do have like you do kind of develop an identity that people can kind of like yeah 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 i think it helps definitely at first i mean it's certainly something that i enjoy and have a lot of ideas in that area whether they're like romantic comedies romantic dramedies uh but no i mean a drama as well um you know i do have one project on deck uh right now for example with uh this uh, a child comedian from Australia that won America's Got Talent, or I'm sorry, he he placed as a finalist, I think, in uh, Australia's Got Talent and did America's Got Talent and then All-Stars America's Got Talent. And he was like a little roast comedian from Australia. And you can find him on YouTube roasting Simon Cowell to his face. And it's hilarious. And his name's JJ Pantano. So you can look him up on YouTube. I think I've heard, I think I've heard uh, the name. Yeah, he's a super funny kid, and I got involved uh, with with uh, him and his family and another person who's producing. And um, uh, I was really inspired by just uh, that, and uh, uh, you know, kicking around ideas. And and they 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 needed a person uh, to write a feature film, uh, uh, and then just from thinking about that came this whole story that I was like really passionate about, which was a uh, a uh, uh, story about like, you know, this little kid comedian who who's gifted, uh, but like getting bullied at school and he, he gets paired up with a, uh, a retired has been comic uh, who lives in his beat down apartment complex and um, who becomes like a mentor figure for for him. And, and uh, I pictured that guy as uh, Jeff Ross playing that playing that role. Uh, and so while, while he's, he's on the ascension, he's on the little kids on the ascension in terms of finding his space in comedy. And then, uh, the Jeff Ross characters on his way to redemption, uh, uh, uh from his, his past. So it's, it, it's kind of like this quirky little, uh, it, it takes place in the, uh, the space of like stand up comedy, but it's definitely like a drama at the same time. And it's really like heartwarming the story that I crafted for it. And that's the thing that we're really trying to get going. And like, I'm drawn to stuff like that all the same, you know, character-based dramas. Um, You know, like I said uh, early on, it, it, to me, it's more so about just like the idea. Like if an idea hooks me and I just can't stop thinking about it and I have to see it through. Yeah. Have you, um, maybe that, movie you're talking about, it kind of sounds like, uh, like one of the sports movies, you know, where there's a kid that, you know, is trying to learn sports, trying to get to the next level. And then there's like an old disgrace coach or like trainer oh, or whatever. Yeah. That's like, Oh, it is, you know, change my ways. And they both kind of like each other. Like it definitely, that's definitely what it sounds like, like, but in the yeah. comedy world, there's a little LaRusso Miyagi element to the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they sure. work. There's, there's a reason where there's like a lot of these type of, you know, films because, they work. I mean, people like to see that. It's good, yeah, that plus I, I I picture it more like 
There's a little of that, but to me, it's more like, uh, uh, I mean, a star is born is a love story, but a star mm-hmm. is born at the same time. It still has that, that element of like one character on the ascension, one yeah, on, one's the D, on the decline. Ascension, the you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but they, but they intersect and they influence each other. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Uh, so I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm always open to everything, but right now there's that, but then the, most of the other stuff, at least for the, uh, immediate future is definitely rom-com oriented. Okay. So I want to speak about, um, Paul Christmas kind of, you, you talked about how, you know, that started, how you got the process going and all that. Um, like during filming and everything, are you kind of hands-on or do you kind of sit back and just wait till, till it comes out? I was, uh, out of the picture. <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, so I got my, uh, as I said, I, I found out about the green light in August of 2019. And like I said earlier, sometimes there's a lot of waiting that happens. Um, there was some waiting that happened that took it up to like finally January, 2020 is when I got what they call like the next level notes, like studio notes, not only the production company, but Netflix is looking at it now mm-hmm. and they have their thoughts and so you got to figure out how to incorporate and all this stuff. So I've been waiting the whole time and I've just been, you know, like I said, drafting my ideas and just waiting. I get those. I take those notes in, do a lot of that and turn in my, um, uh, my draft. And I'm thinking in my head, like, well, nailed that one. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm like, I literally just like renewed a passport. I'm thinking about where I'm going to travel after this thing gets made. I'm going to go to set. We're going to go ski somewhere. Um, you know, in my head, I got all these like fantasy fun party time things happening. My last draft was delivered March 9th, 2020. And if anybody remembers, it was only days later when yep. earth stood still. And that's when, yeah, COVID shut down the world. Um, uh, and then, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen, but, uh, in the matter of like weeks, me at the UCLA extension writers program, along with everybody else, especially in, in education are figuring out how to take everything online. We're scrambling, we're working all day, um, uh, and also trying to catch up with what the heck is happening in the world and this and that, and get in touch with your families. It was a crazy, crazy time. Uh, kind of like, you know, mentally in triage mode all the time. And so I, I got a call back about the project in the midst of all that. And uh, because at the same time, all of these film productions out there were grounded as well. And all the yeah. executives come home. And then when they have nothing to do, they all start diving into their development slate. So I had a friend who experienced this as well, who had a project in development. All of a sudden, more people are reading your script than usual and you're getting even more notes. And a lot of them sometimes are, it's hard to like make sense of all of them. Uh, uh, and so, uh, by the time I, I got them, I set up a call with the producer that I was working with the one person who I had been, you know, collaborating with, uh, from the beginning. And, uh, we went over them and I understood the notes and I understood when they needed them by, which was only a matter of weeks. I said, listen, I know what you need, uh, where this needs to go. I know uh, that I could do this, but I can't do it right now in that time because of what I have going on. So I am totally okay handing this off to another writer. And it was a tough decision I had to make. I had to make it on the spot. 
but I just knew what I could do at the time with everything else that was happening. I just, I couldn't deliver it. I mean, the movie already had the green light, you know, we were, you know, <laughs> basically, uh, I don't know, at the five yard line, somebody else just needed yeah. to get it home. And so, um, uh, I, you know, we, we were pretty close. And so she just took it and she found another writer and that's why there's another writer uh, build for the movie. Who's a guy who's done a lot of Christmas movies uh, for Hallmark and all over the place. Uh, uh, so he, he did a great job uh, uh, making all kinds of additions and cuts and things like that. And neither one of us went to the set um, uh, uh, because of, I think COVID restrictions mostly. Yeah. They were very careful about who yeah. was, who was around. Yeah. So unfortunately, no skiing, <laughs> no nothing. Uh, I was pretty sad and bummed, but, uh, you know, next time, uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah. But they shot it in Park City, Utah in the in the winter, like the, the snow that in that. So it's real, all real, real snow. Skiing, real okay. skiing, yeah. Most of the skiing is real. Um, and like I said before, I think there's a lot of kismet elements to this project. Uh, I mean, obviously, Lindsay choosing it is one uh but then she got engaged on set okay. around like november of that year um i'm told that you know the whole thing that i was doing as that was filming in like november 2021 was just like crossing my fingers just like please don't let anybody get COVID. please don't let anybody get COVID, because any one single case could shut down anything. shut down the whole thing yeah. yeah and with movies like this they only have like 20 28 days to to film the whole thing and they were trying to wrap it out before christmas uh, at the end of the year in like early december or something and so what i found out was that the entire shoot went went down not a single case of covid they wrapped it the next week everyone that stayed there got covid <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I hope everybody was fine. Nothing major, you know, knock on wood here. Um, but man, that was just a funny story when I heard it. Yeah, it was like a little, you know, your own little Christmas miracle, you know? <laughs> uh, the whole thing is little by little, a lot of little miracles along the way. And then the one big miracle is it coming out and having the success that it did. And, you know, uh, uh, being like the, the top streamer for a little while. It was cool. Very cool. So like you you mentioned Lindsay. So Lindsay Lohan is the star of the movie. Um and this is also considered like her, her big kind of comeback movie because she hadn't been in anything for like such a such a long time. So when you kinda of heard that she accepted this and that she's gonna be starring in this, kinda of like what were, what were your thoughts? Like what was going through your head? I almost leapt out of my chair. Uh because here's the thing about that. Um I didn't know what was going to happen with the project up until that time. Um, it, uh, uh, it, it was, you know, because COVID everything was dicey. It's like, what variants out there are things going to go? Are they no go? Um, so it did sit pretty dormant in development for, I would say about a year and, uh, and, uh, uh around like May, 2021, I think it was, um, I, uh, I have a, a coworker that manages social media and she also gave me notes on the script way back when, and I was just working one morning and she is constantly on Twitter and looking at things. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then she sees the article about Lindsay and then she reads the movie that Lindsay then, and she emails me and she goes, uh, 
isn't this your movie? <laughs> and I said, and I looked at it, I was like, what? I was like, what? I was like, it nailed the character name. And like, my name was in variety. And I'm like, I'm like, what is happening? I was like, I'm thinking this is going to be your just run of the mill Christmas movie. Like they have before with like actors that are, you know, good, but you don't maybe know. Maybe all them. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, Lindsay can Lohan. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I instantly got super nervous. Cause I was like, Oh man, people are going to watch this for <laughs> like, better or worse. People are going to see this. It's going to be a love watch. It's going to be a hate watch. I don't care. It's a watch. Thank you. But this is nuts. I was blown away. And then so um, I, I, I don't think that was supposed to get out into the press when it did. I think uh, that a little was premature. A, there was a there was a, a leak somewhere. Um, but anyway, I, I can't speculate on that because I'm very far removed from that. I didn't I, I didn't get to meet uh, Lindsay. But uh, I did read a lot of interviews and I had, you know, of course, all these Google alerts set up when, it, you know, for the for the press and anything that gets written about uh, her or falling for Christmas. So I saw or read uh, written interviews or video interviews around like press time. And she did like reference a couple of things, which was like her time during quarantine made her reflect on acting and want to get back on the set again and get back into it. And then she also had reference that, uh, you know, this was one of the first scripts that she really loved and and uh, really wanted to do. And so between those two, in terms of timing, as much as COVID sucked, uh, one of the other like silver linings, I guess, could have been the fact that she came back to acting and found it then instead of like maybe, if, yeah. you know, before if like COVID never happened. So I guess... It, it worked out the way it worked out. I, I am thankful that it did. It took longer than expected, uh, but I think it definitely came out a, a lot better uh, for it. And she's great. Uh, she's definitely a movie star still for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I was just blown away, blown away. And then she also got married on the set of the movie you wrote. So maybe you also inspired that in her too, you know? That got married on what? You said she also got married uh, while she was filming the movie as well. Oh, she got she got engaged. Engaged, uh, engaged. Yeah, engaged. She did get married by now, uh, but yeah, she she definitely got engaged on them on the set. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, you know, maybe uh, maybe you inspired that too with the yeah, personal. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I saw all the press. <laughs> Man, actors get to have all the fun. I got to tell you, <laughs> writers get none of the credit. <laughs> hey, I mean, you got a movie out. On Netflix yeah. and starring Lindsay Lohan. Well, yeah, like I, I don't said, even know how many years that was, you know, so she hasn't been in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she, uh, her, her, she, let me tell you, she probably has a, a major team, you know, she had before even the movie, she had that Super Bowl commercial last year True. and some other endorsements and things going on on social media and stuff leading up to that. So there's definitely like momentum before the movie. Um, uh, so that's definitely like by design. But yeah, the, the big thing being the movie, that was that was a cool experience. And um, uh, like I said, it, it might not have even happened if it was any other time. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that, you know, glad that it happened. <laughs> glad, can't uh, can't fault, man. It was definitely a weird experience having like because I have friends in other countries, like whether it's, um, you know, Poland or, you know, Australia, uh, you know, wherever 
and also at home, East Coast, West Coast, to have everybody text like pictures of like your your title card when it comes on screen or tell you that they're watching it all at the same time from all over the world when it premieres. And just that immediate thought that I, I never like I kind of didn't uh, understand it until I, I felt it. But it was like a very strange feeling to have the entire world watch and meet characters that you only had in your brain five years ago. Yeah. And you were the only person to know those people. And then to have 90 countries around the world in multiple languages watch this thing was crazy. I don't care how crappy the movie is or how good it is. It's still a phenomenal thing. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It was yeah, so it's crazy weird. When you like really think about it like that. Um, yeah. It's the power of power of Netflix. <laughs> For sure. They have incredible reach to say the least. Oh yeah. So I was, I mean, I also made me think like, you know, well, can we bring out with your next, you know, Christmas movie out of retirement? Maybe like Macaulay Culkin, you know, something like that. I don't know if I'm ever going to be lucky <laughs> enough to be that guy that brings people out of retirement. Uh, if I am great, uh, I, I don't start there. You know, I just start with like, like uh, I was going to say, like the actors may get the credit, but the real satisfaction for me is like the fact that the idea became a reality like it's out there people are experiencing it for the most part enjoy it that's enough you know for me obviously the paycheck too is nice but that alone it like that was the dream from the beginning and hopefully you know happens again and again yeah so um kind of what, what were your thoughts on the movie itself like how closely to your like original script did it actually like come out to me Oh, well, I, I had read the revised script already, so I knew what was coming. And it is, you know, virtually like scene for scene what I had. It is paved over. Uh, okay. It is, let's say, um, uh, some elements were maybe changed for budgetary reasons, some for creative reasons. Uh, I'm a big fan of a lot of the uh, additions that they did. Uh, and I also thought some of the cuts were wise. Um, but, you know, scene for scene, structurally, the whole story from beginning to end is definitely what I had. Like, I was very proud of that as a writer, because as a writer, um, that's the kind of things that we pride ourselves on is like, you don't want to deliver something so sloppy where it needs a ton of fixes. And, you know, the thing that you see next is like completely different. Yeah. Or... That I mean, that can happen too. You could deliver the best script in the world, but maybe an executive is just like, oh, this is garbage. And they they just want to hire some other writer and change it because they have some crazy ideas in their head or just a, a different idea than what you delivered. Of course, that happens. But we were all on the same page from day one with this because I did the legwork of the synopsis and the treatment and the script and all that. So the structure was sound. And I think a lot of writers can pride themselves on that, like, like at least what I what I built there was not a flimsy house yeah. that somebody could that somebody could knock down. Like they, they had to play, yeah, they had to play in my house, uh, and that was and they did and they did a great job doing it, uh, and I loved it. It was very weird to watch it though for the first time. <laughs> uh, I gotta say that, uh, yeah, that 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 threw me because I, I I just didn't know I was I was always. Because it, it's weird because you see it in your head for so long and then you see it play out in reality 
and you can't quite enjoy it in real time because I don't know, at least me, I wasn't like fully present. I'm I'm always like in two places at once, comparing and contrasting. Yeah. But then but then uh the next day I watched it a few times while I was working, I had it on the background. And then the more I saw it, the more enjoyable it was. And then finally, uh the night that it came out, uh um, I threw a, a watch party with my friends at UCLA. Uh, we had a, uh, there's, there's a sports bar there that has a big projector room in the back and with like stadium seating and stuff. So I had a bunch of people there and watching it with people like live in the room projected on a screen. That was like where it really hit me like, Oh yeah, this is really an enjoyable Christmas movie. Uh, I think, I, I think if I was just a normal person watching this unaffiliated, I'd probably get a kick out of it. It's a little cheesy, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be like that. It's, uh, you know, maybe, movie, I mean. yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. That's what it's supposed to be. It's what it, it was designed to do. Uh, it's not supposed to be like uh, a work of art, but uh, it's supposed to be just a fun little Christmas movie. And I think it accomplished that. And we all got a kick out of it uh, in case anybody out there uh, wants to watch it next year. We did uh, <laughs> devise a drinking game to it. <laughs> the okay. drinking game is anytime anytime you see somebody fall you got to take a drink so that could mean physically falling or emotionally falling okay. like, a, like a little like a little almost but not quite kiss little bonding moment uh trust me it it, it works like a charm i mean maybe we could get a falling for christmas too you know um i don't know i can't say <laughs> uh you know obviously if anybody has seen the Netflix Christmas movies from the past. There's many that have like, there's, I think there's two different trilogies. I'm a big fan of the Vanessa Hudgens one and the, the Christmas Prince trilogies were like meant to be, uh, I think more just like uh, going off of the viral sensation. That was the first one. Um, each of them are, are great in their own right. They're all made by the same company, by the way. So the Vanessa Hudgens ones, the Christmas Prince, anything you see with, with them uh the logo in the beginning that's the company they make those uh okay uh and the Vanessa Hudson ones yeah I, I I found those really entertaining and they have made sequels to those obviously I can't hold the, my breath for mine because what I've read since obviously because Lohan's on the comeback trail the, the Lohanisans right <laughs> um She's talking to Amanda Seyfried about a sequel to Mean Girls and Jamie yep. Lee Curtis about a sequel to Freaky Friday. It's like pretty sure Jeff Bonnet is uh, falling for Christmas low on that totem pole, right? If you're on the comeback. So I don't, I, I'm, I definitely don't have my uh, hopes up there, but we'll see. Never say never. Never say never. So I guess, you know, yeah, this big Christmas movie out, Netflix, Leslie Lohan. So like all, all the producers kind of just knocking down your door waiting for the next script. <sighs> no. No, I'm, I, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, uh, I have, I have some connections and I'm, I'm definitely, uh, putting myself out there, but I just to quite frankly, illustrate to anybody else that's listening, who's into screenwriting, who's aspiring to screenwriting, just trying to break in, hasn't even started yet. I'm there too. <laughs> like I, uh, obviously I, I have a, a lawyer in that respect. So I'm, I'm like, I'm smart business wise, but I, I've never, gotten to the point where I wanted or needed a manager or agent yet. Um, I'm only now at the point where I'm open to meeting a manager because you got to understand people, 
when it comes to your reps, <laughs> you're losing a heck of a lot of money and you better be losing it for a reason. So, yeah. so far I've got my own work, so I don't need someone to get it for me. But if I have something that I can't sell myself, then I'm going to have to try uh, what I can to, to go get a manager. I am definitely going to uh, be pursuing that this year just to see if anybody is open to, you know, signing me off of these, this movie and also my past movie from Hallmark. We'll see what happens there. But just to be honest, no, nobody's, uh, uh, I mean, maybe I don't have my IMDB pro page set up correctly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything out there other than like Twitter and Instagram. So, um, uh, but no, no, not yet. I mean, I, um, it's more the other way around still. Like if I have a project then I have to go on IMDB pro figure out the producers that I want to contact and work with, and then see if they're open to accepting a pitch. Mm. So even now, like I'd still be at that stage if I had another script. I mean, it's just that having an, another credit and a notch, uh, you know, like that is, is it helps. It helps yeah. to open the, open the door a little wide. Open the door a little, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that was my kind of next question is, do you have any advice for, you know, young screenwriters or people trying to get into screenwriting and like kind of the steps that they can take to, to get theirs uh, on film too. And I feel like I'm still that person seeking advice all the time. Um, and you know, it's funny, like I think my one piece of advice, something that I have learned over a long time, taking the classes that I took, meeting the writers, uh, the professional writers that I've met, uh, whether they're instructors in my program, guest speakers that came and went, um, you know, I've, I've been brushing elbows with these folks for a long time. And one common thing that I've picked up along the way is that I, I think no one ever quite feels like they made it yet. And no one ever feels like, you know, um, uh, you know, they're always struggling to balance work and life. They're always wondering when the next job is going to come. Uh, they are always facing the blank page. There's always imposter syndrome. So I feel like these are universal things that artists across the board deal with to some degree. And I heard it from people at all levels. It's just like the the level of problems i guess are different but the 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 root of that is the same you know because we all have to face a blank page and start yeah. from scratch right and that's always going to be a, a daunting thing whether you're in a a team of writers on tv or just by yourself or or whatever um i, I definitely picked up that so like sometimes when you're younger and you think like, oh, I'll get to X, Y, Z and nothing else will be a problem. I don't think, I, I think that's a, a fantasy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously it's, you're in a different situation if like you're not struggling to make ends meet week to week versus like you have a roof over your head, you have a nice house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, there's some form of that that is, that is always going to be there. Okay. Yeah. Wise words. So, um, you know, talk about a lot. Talk about, you know, fall and Christmas, screenwriting, got some good little insider tips and kind of knowledge for a lot of people out there. So, for you personally, um, for this year, what are some of your goals? Um, you have, you obviously talked about so many 
projects that you're working on? Are there any like dream projects you have? Anything, anything coming up? I mean, I, I do have a passion project in terms of a low budget feature film. Um, I, I, I think whether I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Um, in the immediate future, the things that I am trying to do are the commercial ones. Uh, as I feel like I, I do have a maybe finite window of time to capitalize on the momentum of what just happened over Christmas. Uh, so that's where my focus is right now. Uh, whether it's later this year or beyond, I still do have aspirations to get back to my roots of just general filmmaking. Like I like directing and producing. It's really fun for me. Um, doing projects like that have kind of been really on the back burner. I haven't done any uh, filmmaking projects in a long time because I kind of dove straight into writing for a long time because yeah. I was like, I, I really need to get this down first in order for the rest to be good. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. everybody who's listening, thank you. Go check out uh, Fall of Christmas, Lindsay Lohan, Christmas movie. What can, you know, what can be better? And uh, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen it this for... past Christmas, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it this past Christmas, you can always do Christmas in July or just wait another year. Hey, Christmas is, you know, it's a, it's a feeling, you know, it can be at any point of the year. So uh, you're, you're telling me I was, I was writing this, uh, in various stages of the year, <laughs> just trying to, trying to get in the mood, like wearing a Christmas hat as I'm writing or listening to Christmas music. And I was even the most disgusting thing was I was listening to Christmas music as I was walking to Starbucks that summer that we had the heat wave here in Los <laughs> Angeles when it was like 108 degrees outside. And it's like you it's like you couldn't even walk through the air. And I was listening to Christmas music. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is wrong. This is so wrong. Was, yeah, that was a funny moment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Inspiration comes anytime. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> True yeah, um, definitely go check the movie out. Uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out for you know any future projects you got coming on, along in the pipeline for sure. And you know for sure, hopefully we can talk to you again. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. This was a blast. <laughs>